As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. We both are intrigued by other cultures. And I think if you don't move to a place and have a posture of like, hey, I'm going to either laugh at these things or I'm going to like try to understand them, you will go crazy and you still go mm. a little crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Cultivating the Lovely. I'm your host, Mackenzie Kappa. And around here, we know that life is hard and we got to do everything we can to just make it a little bit more lovely. So it's my mission to bring you great conversations, practical tools and information, and a healthy dose of community to help make those things happen. If you want to find out more, you can go to our website at cultivatingthelovely.com, visit our amazing membership community at patreon.com slash cultivatingthelovely, or by connecting with me on Instagram, which is one of my favorite places to interact with all of you. You can find me at Mackenzie Coppa. Thanks so much for joining me today. Oh, ladies, I have such a fun interview to be able to share with you today. One that I looked forward to so much. One of those people that I have been watching on Instagram for quite a while now. Absolutely adore her. She is hilarious and has so many fun things to share. Plus, she lives in Paris which is pretty amazing, even if you're in quarantine. And that is Joy Egrich reed She is the owner of Punchline Speaking and Literary Agency. She has an amazing Instagram feed. If you go watch her stories, you will become addicted, I'm sure, much as I have become. She's absolutely hilarious and has so much to share. And I'm so excited to have her on today's episode. But before we get into that, I just want to talk about Patreon because you know I love Patreon. You guys, these ladies, we have been having so much fun doing our book clubs and everything this spring. We have been reading Persuasion by Jane Austen. It's been my first foray into anything with Austen. And we are actually deciding on our next book that we are going to do fiction-wise. We also have a study of Adore by Sarah Hagerty. Shell Bruises has been leading that study. We've been doing these calls on Zoom. We've just been getting so much more involved in each other's lives throughout the pandemic, which seems counterintuitive, but it's actually been working because we're having so much more interaction within the group and we would love to welcome you into that community as well. If you want a little bit more loveliness in your life, you want to make some sourdough bread, you want to plant some flowers, or you just want to talk about how we are all surviving and trying to find some loveliness in this time, we would love to have you join us. Head over to patreon.com slash cultivating the lovely. We are extending our promotion through the month of May so you can get in at the $5 level, but automatically get all of the digital benefits up to the $15 loveliest level. So hop over there, join us. We would love to have you become a part of what we are doing. All right, without further ado, let's jump into this episode with Joy A. 
Magritte Reed. Welcome, Joy. Hi, thank you for having me. All the way from Paris. I am so excited to have you on the show. I am not even sure when I found you. Maybe about a year ago. When did you come back to the States for a friend's book launch? Oh, for my friend Liz. Yeah, that was last August. And okay. we surprised her and that was that was a, a, a moment for sure. Yeah. Well, I saw the video of when you surprised her and she went nuts. And so that was how I first found you. And then I was like, where has she been all my life? Oh my gosh. You are absolutely hilarious. I was completely drawn in by, I think the main thing was Rita and- you know, and your voicing of your daughter, which is if nobody has checked out Joy's Insta stories, you just just run there right now because <laughs> they're hilarious and wonderful. But before we even go into that, which we will, would you like to introduce yourself to my audience? Yes, it's a pleasure to be here. My name is Joy Egrich reed and I am a mother of one named Millie oftentimes confused with her alter ego, yes. Rita, the, a Jewish woman from New York who's a retiree. She goes to Florida every uh, uh, winter, so um, she just comes out at random. Um, yes. <laughs> but uh, we live here in Paris. Uh, my husband has a job. Uh, he speaks French. I have to give the disclaimer that I do not, which is very embarrassing. Um, I tried. I really gave it the old college try. <laughs> Um, but my, um, my excuse for that is that I work in English all day. So I have my own company, which is a, a speaking and literary agency called Punchline Speakers. Um, so that's, that's me. Yeah. Well, I have heard you on other podcasts where you go pretty in depth about being an agent and what that looks like and how all of that works. And I think it's so interesting. I mean, that's definitely related to the field that I am and like something that I am working towards but that wasn't what captivated me about you as much as like that's amazing and wonderful and we will hit on that in a minute I just found it so interesting I mean not only are you hilarious and do these I mean very everyday stories about your life but you make them so funny but you're living in Paris like (laughs) what a dream I've always joked that like if I don't get married again by the time my youngest is grown and gone I'm moving to Paris like that's, (laughs) that's what I'm gonna do and so you're doing it and I would just love to hear like what brought you guys there how was that transition initially like what has that been like for you yeah well (laughs) to show you how shallow I am uh, when my husband and I were dating and I found out that he worked for a company that was owned by a French company um, I said you know hey if you ever could get transferred to Paris I would marry you (laughs) (laughs) and um, he's a man of action Um, so yeah we are here we actually we like bought a house we you know got it all set up and we're just newly married and probably I think like six months into being married. (laughs) So let me say I did marry him without that. (laughs) Um, But uh, he saw a posting for a job in Paris and he had been working for the company for like 11 years, never seen something that would fit what he does um, in Paris. And so he's like, Hey, like, check this out. And I was like, we have to do it. Um, And we got married later in life. And so we knew like, 
we we were hoping that we would you know have kids and so we knew there was just like a small amount of time that we would maybe have just the two of us and so we're like we, we have to we have to just get away and do this adventure no matter how like crazy it might be yeah. um and it has proven to be crazy <laughs> I mean it's been crazy wonderful and also I think a lot of people think that like France is uh not a very very different culture than America and it oh. is a very very different uh culture so it's been it's been we both are intrigued by other cultures and I think if you don't move to a place and have a posture of like hey I'm gonna either laugh at these things or I'm going to like try to understand them you will go crazy and you still go mm. a little crazy yeah. <laughs> um but we've we've loved it we've made good friends and obviously like even now in quarantine like we walk around and all the parks are closed which is like why you come to Paris right you know yeah. you come in the springtime you go to the parks you have a picnic that's what we wait for yeah. <laughs> and um so all the parks are closed but and we only get to go out for one hour a day um and but when we do I try on my good days um you know to find things that I'm I'm grateful for and the architecture here I mean it is yeah. just I could walk around and run into things because I'm just looking up at the buildings they never get old yeah. I don't there's it's so beautiful so I'm I'm with you on <laughs> the the fantasy of Paris is it's there's really so much truth to it it's a beautiful yeah. beautiful city that's yeah. amazing. I mean, I went to Moscow, Russia, and Volgograd years ago. And that was the thing that struck me too, was the architecture, because it's yeah. these these buildings that have been around for longer than our country has even existed. Yeah. And it's just incredible to see. I mean, it's like every stone you step on feels like it has history. Yeah. And it's Why did you go there just for, for a mission travel. trip? Yeah, I was okay. on a mission trip. Yeah, okay. so I have always said I was like I wanted to see that building in Russia, the ice cream cone building. No, yeah, St. Basil's. <laughs> <laughs> I was there. I stood in Red Square, except they had scaffolding all around St. Basil's when we were there. I was like, seriously? Oh, of course. <laughs> what are the odds? Wow. But it was still Did you, other than the scaffolding, did you enjoy it? I mean, I feel like Russia is one of those places that people don't think of going for, like, yeah. a trip, but... Yeah, it it was it was so interesting. I mean, if I'm being totally honest, the mission trip we were on was more like a sightseeing adventure than it was <laughs> a mission trip. Like we put on concerts. And so yeah. you're basically just like hanging out in the city all day with interpreters, which was pretty great. And yeah. so I mean, especially because we went to Volgograd, which was where World War II turned around. That's yeah. where, you know, the Allies started to gain back some ground around and and every person in that city even like young kids knew the history of their city yeah. and I felt I feel like in America that is something that is so lost like people until the invention of Hamilton nobody knew anything <laughs> about early American history anymore and so yeah. it was just pretty amazing to be in this place where the people felt so like grounded in what happened and proud of it and and it was so that part of it, I thought, was incredibly intriguing and just the beauty mm. and things you wouldn't expect in Russia. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, the scary things and the, the gypsies who try to steal your wallet and, you know, like all of that stuff was there, too. You know, it was. Yeah, it was a it was a trip for sure. 
Well, the most I know about Russia is based off of watching the show The Americans. So that's my whole yeah. fear of knowledge. A little different perspective, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, it was it was super interesting. And and just to see too, I mean, it is such a different culture and that they have so much less, but they are mm-hmm. so generous. I mean, mm-hmm. I had my birthday while I was there, my 19th birthday. And you know, these people that we were working with interpreters who are wearing, you know, we were there for 10 days and they wore the same clothes, you know, three or four of the days that we were there because they just don't have these extensive wardrobes and all this stuff. And yet they all bought me birthday presents. Like they'd known me for days and they were just so generous with what they had. It was just a really good kind of check to your own, you know, experience. And it was, yeah, it was interesting. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. But enough about my travel. We're actually <laughs> <laughs> no, I really, I really do want to go see the ice cream cone someday. Yes, so I yes. <laughs> they are they are pretty amazing. Yeah, to see all of that, and well, it was interesting too, just to see like how many statues there still are. Like they're a very statue heavy hmm. culture of um, still like Stalin and Lenin and like all of these things. Where you're like, oh, that's yeah, that's interesting. And um, they're like their World War II monuments look very um Aryan <laughs> like yeah. you can tell they're very you know blonde men with lots of muscles <laughs> kind of thing it was yeah it was interesting well that probably plays into the whole I mean I, I feel like there is something to that in terms of holding on to history you yeah. know because when you have those I mean the Bible talks about that of like in the Old Testament they, they would build you know these these structures to remember what happened yeah and I feel like even here in France like you see you see um cemeteries and you can and on streets it'll be like um there'll be signs and it'll say during World War II this many Jewish children were taken from this high school or like this is where 50 Frenchmen um you know set up for the resistance and it's like in America you know cemeteries are usually hidden mm-hmm. you don't have like history posted you know and mm-hmm. it's kind of like it, 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 how can you tell the story to the next generation if you don't have markers and reminders you yeah. know so I think that's interesting about the statues Aryan or not yeah <laughs> so yeah it's a reminder it's a reminder yeah. Yeah. yeah, it absolutely is. And it's so, it's something that I think is so lost in our culture and makes us less grounded. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's been really interesting now that I'm homeschooling again, which I'd never intended oh, to man. do again. Um, I did for seven years and, you know, ran from that, but now <laughs> we are, now we are again and I'm doing Amer- or Washington because I'm in Washington. So we're doing Washington history with my 14 year old. And it's like, oh, well, this is, this part is kind of fun to me. Like, I do want you to like know this stuff and know kind of like what was happening in our state and, you know, yeah, because it's important that we don't lose sight of that because then we just end up repeating the past. So, yeah, yeah. man, I I have so much respect for all the parents out there who are homeschooling right now. I, I'm exhausted just. I have an 18 month old and I went over flashcards of one through 10 with her today. And that one, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I really do. I, I don't know how people are doing it. You have a job as well. You're a single parent. Like yeah. I, are you, are you losing it? Yes. The answer <laughs> <Yeah>. is yes. <laughs> I am. It's been pretty brutal because yeah, I'm, I'm the sole breadwinner. My 
business has taken a hit. Our sponsors have dropped off the podcast and, you know, there's a lot of scrambling going on trying to find more voice work and like do whatever I can to fill in those gaps. And then at the same time, like having more work than I've ever had. And then also now like, Hey, you need to homeschool your kids full time. And I have four kids, (laughs) two of them I'm, I'm homeschooling and one of them has an IEP for dyslexia. So it's not like I can even be like, here's your work for the day. You know, like I have to sit there and read him the 50 pages of history, you know? So it's, it's been a little mind boggling. There are, there've been a lot of days where I just get to the end of the day. I'm like, how, how do they expect this to be like practical or possible? It's, well, and our, I mean, a lot of kids will get left behind in a yeah. sense because there's parents that like just can't or won't, yeah. or even we were talking to some friends of ours where we moved here from Portland, Oregon, mm-hmm. and they were saying how their school like um, wanted to do everything online on these like pat like not iPads, but there was another word for it that I hadn't mm-hmm. heard of. And so they, there was a two week delay in getting all the kids these pads, but then it came out later that 30% of the kids are like low income and don't even have Wi-Fi at home. Yeah. So they can't even do it. And it's yeah. like, there's just such a, uh, you know, a gap between mm-hmm. like parents who are going to like dig in and do it no matter what, like you parents who are not, and then kids who just don't even have the tools or the resources. So yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's been really hard to see, like, how are they going to make this practical for everyone across the board? And 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 they were not prepared for it. There's been so much confusion. I mean, especially with, like, my son in junior high, where he's got six different teachers. And mm. each of those teachers is using two to three different platforms to get the information to you. And so it's oh, just, man. like, the amount of confusion. Like, I've homeschooled before it's not this, like, this yeah. is something totally different of like, okay, your kid has a zoom call at this time. And then you use this website to get the information and then you need to upload it to this other website. And like just the logistics of it. Yeah. I saw a meme the other day that was like, I didn't know that I was going to become my child's personal assistant. <laughs> like yeah. you have a meeting at this time. And then like, it's just, it's, it's, it's intense. Yeah. Not wow. Yeah. Well- Bravo. Thank you. Have a glass of wine. Yeah. But I mean, you have had, and we're kind of skipping around here, and I want to come back to some of these other things about living in Paris, but you, I mean, you are fully working from home now. Like you mentioned, you're quarantined all but an hour a day, which I think for a lot of us in the U.S., I mean, we're sheltering in place, but not like that, where you have to have like a permit to leave, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's one of those things where, cause someone was like, well, how do you get the permit? You know, it's like, well, they don't want everyone coming to the like prefecture, which, which is like the police station or like the government building where you can get something like that. It's basically, you have to write up this really long thing, um, which basically states like that you understand the rules. You have to mm-hmm. stay within one kilometer of your house. You can only go out if you are going to the grocery store, the pharmacy, or the boulangerie to get bread. Because that's <laughs> yeah. Uh, or you are getting exercise. And then you're only allowed to exercise before 10 a.m. or after 7 p.m. Um, and so it's, and I've, I mean, my, my best friend here, she, 
um, and her husband got fined 140 euros because they were out and they had, they only brought one permit with them, not one oh for each goodness. of them. And um, but that's that's the kind of thing. I mean, I don't think that would ever work in America because yeah, you know, people just freedom, yeah. <laughs> personal right. <laughs> um, but I think people understand. People weren't abiding by that. You know, when it first yeah. was kind of the equivalent of shelter in place here. Um, there was like a beautiful 70 and sunny, you know, day and like the parks were just full. And I had been self quarantining already because I'm pregnant. And yeah. I just was like, this is this, I just can see the trajectory of where this is going. Yeah. Um, call me paranoid, but I was just like, <laughs> ah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to load up on groceries and stay inside. Yeah. Um, and, and so because that wasn't being respected and also French people are, it's a Latin based culture and they want to get close they can't not mm -hmm. get close yeah. <laughs> they just gravitate towards one another and so the parks were just like full of people I think that's when they decided okay we need to do something and and then they just started giving out tickets like crazy and finding people wow. um so it people are staying in, inside and it's the numbers are going down you know yeah. um but it's still it's still weird. I mean, you just yeah. walking around like in a big city where everyone's wearing masks, you just yep. like, you know, Twilight movie. Like, I know. It's, it's weird. Yeah. So, and, and being pregnant too, I think, um, you know, here you don't have as many doctor's appointments as uh, I think you do in the States. I've only had babies here, but I yeah. have like an American app and it was like, now is the time you're going to start going to the doctor every two weeks. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's, so that was weird. Like I was, you know, going to like a kinesiologist for like back and neck pain related to the pregnancy. And I had to stop doing that. Uh, um, my midwife, you know, we were meeting over zoom and that's just, you know, not the same. And yeah. so, yeah, I think it's, it's just, it's just weird, but everyone's dealing with their own, own things. But I did, I had a, I think my like kind of emotional break point. Cause at first I was like, I love being at home. I'm a homebody. This is yeah. great. No problem. And then it was like, I think like 30, 35 days in and you know, our parks aren't open. Mm -hmm. And like I said, like, that's what, that's what you live for here. And I was yeah. like, I said to my husband, I was like, I don't know when we'll ever touch grass again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that really took me low to the point where yeah. he's like, maybe we can order some sod for the balcony. <laughs> <laughs> whatever it takes yeah yeah so. yeah well and I think there there is that difference between like living in a house in the suburbs and being in a city like you're in an apartment building you don't there's no going out in your yard like you are it's a different kind of isolation yeah and every time you take the elevator you're like who's touched this button yeah you know um it, so it, there is a different level of like you can't get away from people in a big city. And, yeah. you know, obviously we see that's what's happened in New York and why it spreads mm -hmm. so fast. And so it, it does feel a little bit more like, I think people are just a little bit more on edge. But yeah. I, well, but I don't know. I don't have anything to compare it to. I, I would guess yeah. if I was out in the suburbs or out in the country, you feel really isolated. Yeah. You know, at least I get to like see, see human beings across the street. Yeah. You know? Yes, exactly. I think there's a different sort of camaraderie that's able to happen when you are in a city like that, as opposed to being spread out, yeah. for sure. Ladies, 
one of the things that my kids and I talk about all the time is travel. There are so many places in the world that we want to go and experience and things that we want to see, and we just aren't able to do that right now. And so one of the ways that I'm able to open the world up to them a little bit more is through Little Passports. Little Passports is a subscription box full of toys and games for children of all ages that educates and entertains. I have loved these boxes for years. I got them when my boys were little and now getting to have them with my girls. It is so much fun to get to dive into these places and see so many fun things through these boxes and see the world open up to them. The Little Passports box is delivered right to your door every month and each package contains exciting hands-on learning for kids three and up. Feed their inner scientist with the Scientist Expeditions Pack, which is full of cool experiments to try. You can even make your own slime or learn about what makes every state so great with the USA Edition subscription. There are even boxes for the younger ones that are right for their learning level. And you guys, possibly one of the best things about this box is it's only $12.95 per month. There's a ton to explore right from your home with Little Passports for an amazing price. My girls absolutely love them and we have had so many fun discussions, especially when we haven't been able to do a lot of exploring ourselves. And just for our listeners, Little Passports is offering 15% off the price of any subscription. That means your child could be flying rockets or looking through a microscope in no time. Use our offer code LOVELY at checkout for 15% off your order. That's lovely at littlepassports.com. I can't wait to hear how your kids love Little Passports as much as mine do. I want to take it back. So you you mentioned you've only had babies in Paris. And what a crazy thing because you don't speak the language. And this is one of the things that I have wondered about. Like the whole time I followed you is how do you go through labor when you don't speak the language? What is that like? <laughs> well, thankfully, my husband is, you know, I joke that I feel like a mail order bride where he does all the communicating, <laughs> communicating and I just smile and nod. Um, but yeah, he is really, really good at French. And so that I... I I don't think I would be able to live here if I didn't, you know, if I didn't have him or mm-hmm. I didn't just like buckle down and learn the language. It's, you know, I mean, people do speak English, but there's such, um, even like other countries we've traveled to in Europe, English is spoken so freely and readily. And, but in France, they have such a respect for the French language yeah. that it's really held in high regard, unlike any other French country that I, or any other European country that we've traveled to. Mm-hmm. So I do feel disrespectful to their culture that I'm, I'm so shy about it. Um, I can understand, like I can track with a lot. I think that's because I am pretty good at nonverbal cues and things (laughs) like that. But also after being here for three years, I, I do understand. I just, as a communicator, I think it just becomes so paralyzing to realize that you sound like Tarzan if you're even trying, you know? And yeah. so I just start sweating and I just, you know, it's, it's bad. So anyways, the way I've done it is thankfully um, I found a group here, um, you know, natural kind of natural childbirth here is not really a thing. People are always mm-hmm. surprised by that. They're like, Oh, I thought everybody would be like breastfeeding in the open and like, yeah. you know, natural childbirth all the way like it the French are very like in tune with their bodies but it's not like the idea of like not having an epidural or home birth which I'm going to try and I I want to talk to you about it because I saw that you did a home birth yes three Um, 
Oh my gosh, three. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, we need to talk about yes. that. Um, so I found this great group that is like very outside of the norm here in France and they're all French, but they uh, do speak English. And so that, that was helpful. And so they'll speak to Matt in French and speak to me in English. Nice. Um, and so I gave birth to, they also have like birthing clinics here, which I know okay. they have in the States, but yeah. it's like more prevalent to like go to a birthing clinic mm -hmm. and so there was one just really close to our house and that's where we were going to labor at home from with Millie and then go and I you know I've always because I got married later and ha am having babies later you know I saw so many so many of my friends have different birthing plans and then mm -hmm. those things change so I think sure. we both were like this could change yeah <laughs> And uh, so my idea of candles and all this stuff, um, <laughs> my water broke in a very like movie-esque way. And um, people are always like, it doesn't happen like it happens in the movies. I'm like, well, yeah. it just did. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I, I don't know how graphic you want to get, but I had merconium. So oh yeah, uh, you can edit this out if you want. But um, no. Oh, we get all kinds of real up in here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good, good. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, I was like, okay, I know this isn't good. And mm -hmm ironically my midwife who I had worked with the whole time um in true French fashion was on vacation because that oh, happened gosh. quite a bit and we were because Millie came early and we were supposed to meet with her partner um that night like just to have an introductory meeting with him and so we called and we were like hey um you know water broke here's a picture <laughs> sorry yeah. he's like yeah because I don't think you're gonna be able to labor at home why don't you come to the clinic so I said to Matt I was like can you just let me light one candle before we go I just need <laughs> to light one candle so we lit a candle blew it out, and oh it. that's funny um but yeah it ended up being it was it was a long process but you know we've got we've got Millie and her alter ego, ego Rita now so yes um but yeah for, for this one we're gonna try the home birth so um, well, I'm just, awesome. what, what did you start doing home births or did you do it for your two through four? I did it through two, for two through four. So the first okay. was a natural labor in the hospital because I was clueless. And like when I, I just I got pregnant, I went to the doctor. I didn't even like think about there being other options. Mm -hmm. I, um, when they gave me the, you know, here's the childbirthing class that you go to that's put on by the hospital. Okay. Well, that's like, I didn't even know there was a different kind of class to go to, you know, I yeah. was pretty young and I, um, I knew that I wanted a doula though. I'd heard about doulas because I didn't want an epidural for the, the really, um, you know, noble reason of, I didn't want to be catheterized. <laughs> So that was like the whole reason that I didn't want an epidural. Yeah. And, you know, I got into my labor with my son who was posterior and that felt like, what was I thinking? But I got through it and I knew though, because there were just certain things that happened in the hospital birth that I felt kind of violated by. Yeah. And so then having had the doula and then talked with her more and then it was like after him that I started doing more research and like yeah. oh this could look very differently and if I'm gonna do it without the pain meds anyway like I'd rather kind of have it be on my terms in my home I don't want to have to travel anywhere in labor like I remember yeah. having to stop off at a 
gas station to pee on the way to the hospital <laughs> because it was like <laughs> the contractions were so insane. And I was like, I never want to do that again. Wow. So I, yeah, for the next three, I had home water births and like my first was 21 hours. And so I was expecting, you know, this, you know, the next one to be a super long labor and he was 15 days late, but it wow. was a four hour labor. And wow. so it was like, oh, well, I probably wouldn't have even made it to the hospital anyway, because I wasn't even convinced I was in labor yet. So yeah, it, it ended up then, then I was so comfortable with, okay, I'm in my own space. I'm kind yeah. of calling the shots about my own body. I only have people here who I know and trust. And that made a big difference for me to be able to labor well and actually listen to my own body. Yeah. I didn't even get what that was with my first birth. Like, listen to what? Like, I just know it hurts. <laughs> and yeah. To actually know by the, the second time, like, oh, this is what my body is doing and being able to work through that. I was like in full on contractions, getting a bowl of cereal for my son. <laughs> like, it, I was just, <laughs> it was a very different thing. It was just, it felt more normal. Really? I mean, it still hurts, but I knew more what to do with it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm really hoping that, that this will, I mean, we were informed with the last one, but Millie, like just, it came yeah. totally different because the water broke and then I had no contractions. Ugh. And after like 12 hours, they were like, they gave me the smallest amount of like localized um, medication to get the contractions going, but then it went from zero to 60, you know, yeah. and it was like, whoa. And yeah. then after that, I still wasn't dilating. And so oh. after like 20 hours, they finally were like, you're so exhausted and you haven't had food for, you know, so long. Um, you need to sleep or you're not gonna be able to push. So I did end up getting an epidural, which yeah. really, I'm thinking now, like, did I get a catheter or I can't yeah. remember. I feel like that would be enough for me to not want to get one. Yeah. As well. um, but then she ended up having to come with forceps. Oh. And so I'm like, I'm pretty glad I got an epidural. For that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that but was now I just crazy. don't know. Like, I don't know the natural progression of, of, um, mm -hmm. uh, contractions. And yeah. I also don't know it. I mean, I could still feel stuff. Cause it, again, it was, it was really late in the game, but yeah, um, yeah I, I do. I'm so intrigued by like what our body can do. And yeah. we're actually doing another class um, online, of course. Yeah. And the woman was just asking me like about my, you know, experience or like what I want out of a birth. And I was like, I mean, I've always said that I want to be hanging from a tree branch in the woods and just like <laughs> have this very animalistic, like yeah. woman hear me roar, roar type thing. So that's what we're going for this time. Well, but I love know. it. <laughs> I love it. Well, if you have any questions, feel free to ask. Yes. We can chat. Because I then actually, after my first son, I became a birth and postpartum doula. I don't do oh, that cool. anymore, but I did. And that was, yeah it was very, you know, interesting and, and helpful then with my own births later on. Yeah. You're all different. And I mean, each, each birth was so entirely different for me. So I'm sure yeah. you have the same thing happen or it's just so different. Yeah. 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 Holding it loosely. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I had, I had the four page birth plan <laughs> with my first kid. <laughs> And then my, my midwife with the second ones just laughed at me. So, you know, 
<laughs> but she's like the epitome of midwife, you know, like lives on a farm, doesn't wear a bra, has like the crazy wild hair, wears a lot of tie dye. She was perfect. Yeah. Wow. I love that. A better, better midwife. So I have to say personally, I'm so glad you're having another baby right now because I was really starting to lament because I was like, Millie is really going to start talking here soon and then you won't be able to be her voice any longer. And if you guys have watched the stories, like Joy does this amazing, like has a voice for Millie where she interprets all of her thoughts. And it was like, this is going to go away. You're either going to have to get a dog or you're going to have to have another kid to satisfy your Instagram community because we need to know the crazy thoughts that you put in these kids' heads. And what whatever started that? Like what made you start doing that? You know, I I I don't know exactly. I think a couple of things. Well, I listened to your podcast with Leanne and Michelle um, and their background in improv. And I do have a background in improv. And I think that that's helped, um, you know, because when people say you talk for her, it was funny to hear that at first. And I was like, no, I'm just looking at her. Yeah. And I say what I think is in her head, you know, like I'm, and I think that's one of the principles that improv teaches you is just like really paying attention to all of their little things. And so it's, it's, I really like, sometimes I have to rewatch my story. Like if my husband's watching the stories, I'm like, Oh, let me watch it with you. Cause I don't honestly always (laughs) remember what I have said because I feel like I'm just saying whatever her little face is communicating. And it's the same for me. Like, I think that's her voice. (laughs) And um, thankfully, thankfully, you rest assured that they say that um, children who are hearing two different languages uh, take a lot longer to start talking. So you've got some time. Uh, But yeah, and then my dad, my dad uh, is really funny. And he has always done voices for like our animals. Oh yeah. That we've had growing up. And also like now that he has grandkids, he does that too. So I think he's kind of the original, um, voice maker of things that can't speak for themselves. That was so funny. Well, I remember when he came and visited you and he started doing it. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was so funny. I just, I, and it's, I, I'm like, you're one of those accounts I can't miss. Like, what did Millie say today? Because you just never know. It's all in this little apartment in Paris. But man, she's got some interesting stuff. And I got to say, right before you announced the pregnancy and you had her on, or Matt had her on the ball, like picking yeah. up the baby doll and you said like sibling training. I was like, hmm, wait a minute. And then that picture came out. I was like, dang, she did such a good job of hiding this whole pregnancy. Did you do that the first time around too? I did, yeah. It it was, um, I think we, I think we, told about Millie when we were like 26 or 27 weeks and you know I just I had had a lot of people in my life have miscarriages and I think I was I was just feeling like torn I'm part of me was like I don't even know if this will take and Mm -hmm. and also I feel like because of everything that was going around me at the time I I I couldn't quite celebrate pregnancy Mm -hmm. like I it wasn't like a conscious thing but we also don't find out the gender we let that be a surprise and that's really fun but I also think I don't know what other people have experienced but it's harder for me to kind of connect with the idea of this child coming when you don't know kind of what it is. And so 
I hear women always saying like, I knew from the minute I found out I was pregnant, like it's all that my brain could think about. And until I'm showing, mm-hmm. um, you know, or the days where I'm like, so exhausted. I'm like, what's happening? Oh, you're growing a life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I really like, I feel like I kept a bit of um, space from the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And so we just kind of kept putting off we told our friends and family, but um, announcing it. But then the um, the French won the World Cup, and we were walking around the city of Paris, and it was nuts. Like I have never seen any any celebration like this. It went it went until the next morning. Wow. Like oh, it was it was so insane. And so we're walking around, and um, I don't know if you've heard the phrase like we we pulled the goalie. You know, when people uh-uh. say they stop using like protection. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And we're just walking around, and that phrase popped in my head. We pulled the goalie, and you know, obviously the soccer team had just won. And I was like, I was like, Matt, I just came up with the best caption. We're gonna have to announce our pregnancy. <laughs> That's hilarious. So it was all based on that little phrase that came in my head. So then, yeah, so we announced. Um, but this time we were kind of like joking about how funny it would be just to like see if we could hide it the whole yeah. time. And then all of a sudden just like go live and be like, we're in labor or <laughs> something <laughs> like that. Um, but then we just decided, you know what, we, we do feel like it's just fun to bring people into this with us. And yeah. Um, so yeah, I, we, we made a little announcement. Yes, a little does this pandemic make me look pregnant (laughs) announcement and I I had that moment where I was like have I just missed something and she's been talking about this all along or is this actually like am I just as surprised as everyone else like okay no like I'm looking through your feed like are there any other pictures like how did I how did I miss this I watch this woman every single day (laughs) I was like I guess it is only from like the shoulders up that I ever yeah. see you or like black if there was yeah ever a photo, if there was ever a photo where it didn't look like I was pregnant I was like I'm gonna post this because then this will be deceptive yes <laughs> I'm really maniacal here oh so sneaky <laughs> so sneaky and just very impressive I I thought oh, thank that was, you yeah <laughs> very well done so we're all stuck at home and I don't know about you But the same old tired books that we've been reading over and over again can get a little bit monotonous. It can be a little hard to find something new and fun for your kids to read when you are stuck at home. But I have the answer for you. It is Literati. It's the number one book club for kids and it's the best place to start finding new books. Literati is a subscription book club that makes it easy to find unique and interesting books for your kids by delivering great stories straight to your doorstep. Literati knows that home delivery will be critical in meeting your need for uplifting educational materials in the coming weeks. And reading books together will help create a time of adventure and bonding for your family. I know it has been a lifeline for our family during all of this craziness, and it has real educational benefits. Kids who read books have better vocabularies and longer attention spans. 
Each literati box contains five beautiful books based on a theme and contains exclusive original art and a personalized note to your child, which my girls absolutely loved. The artwork was beautiful and we have loved the books that we've received because literati actively curates stories that spark curiosity and soften the heart, which saves you hours of searching the store or scrolling through lists of mediocre books online. And literati will beat the Amazon list price. Plus, you can only keep your favorite and send back the rest for free. That means you're only paying for the books your kids actually love. With kids out of school, Literati is working to get books in the hands of families who don't have libraries and educational materials of their own. You can even donate books you already own and Literati will match every one you send. We have loved our experience with Literati. I love that they are high quality, hardback books with beautiful themes, things that I would definitely have not have found if I was looking on my own, but they have so met the needs of my girls they read them over and over again and absolutely love every selection that has come to our doorstep. And for a limited time, you can go to literati.com lovely for 25% off your first two orders. This is their best offer available anywhere. To get it, you have to go to literati.com lovely for 25% off your first two orders. That's literati.com lovely. That brings me to like, you know, you, you're a working mom. You, mm-hmm. we all watched you fight for the crush and <laughs> get her in there finally. Yes. And then you head into quarantine. And so oh, man. it's like you had just gotten the ability to work again, like on a more consistent planned basis. What has this been like for your working life? I mean, you own this company. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been really interesting. So for people who don't know, the crush is daycare in French. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's just really hard to get into. Um, and if you, if you do, it's great because it's subsidized. It's, you know, wonderful. But if not, you have to get private childcare and it's really expensive. So, but it also was like, it became like a game for us. We were like, yeah. we are going to fight this system because it's not, there's no method to the madness. Like in America, it'd be like, okay, you fill out this one form and you wait and we will tell you if you get in. Yeah. But in France, it's like really backwards. They, it's like you get noted in a folder, like every time you come to the town hall, basically to ask. So they're just like perpetuating people being annoying. Yeah. <laughs> And then we like, I started tagging the mayor and things. I wrote him a a letter. We put a picture of, I mean, people were like, yeah, you can bribe a little bit. And we did. So um, we finally got in. We were so excited. And, but the thing that I feel really like fortunate in is that prior to that, like, she is, well, she still is, but she was like a mega sleeper. So she would take multiple naps in the day. She goes, we trained her to go to bed at six o'clock every night. Um, and so, and then my husband works later. Um, so he wasn't getting home till seven thirty or eight sometimes. And so I'd have these huge naps, um, you know, a couple hours in the evening and it was, I was able to stay up with things. And I also have brought on a partner and she's been amazing. Um, so then, you know, pandemic happens and the blessing to that is that my husband is also has to stay home yeah and so we have just like worked our schedules to um we we have a calendar each week that's like okay here's when my meetings are here's when your meetings are but then primarily I try to watch her in the morning because he can take meetings in the morning and then 
because of the time change, a lot of my meetings happen mm-hmm. in the afternoon. So he takes her in the afternoon. Um, but then also as a, all my literary stuff is still, has still happened, but I, yeah. I run a speaking agency. And yeah. as you know, like yeah. those things are done so for now. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's kind of, it's, we take a hit and everybody's taking a hit and it's, um, but it's also been a decrease in, in work. So yeah, it's, it's manageable, but yeah, she, she is, uh, starting to be a bit more work than when she was just like, yeah. and I can sit her on yeah. the couch. <laughs> yeah. It gets a little bit different, especially around that too. I remember like trying to homeschool the other kids with a two-year-old and it was yeah. like, they're just in the everything everything yeah. yeah yeah there's no just like sit in this room they're they're yeah I would always find them like inside a cupboard with markers <laughs> and like how did you even get in there I don't even know you got the bleach and the toilet cleaner yeah. again <laughs> I have like fabulous pictures of one of them like sitting in the sink with shaving cream all over their face and then another kid like right next to it like getting in on the action like wait a minute you guys oh my gosh but yeah I I will be so interested to see like how this changes for you with two and I know yeah do you have I mean you've done so well it seems being able to acclimate with your business with having one and living in another city do you have like plans for bringing on more people to your company or like what is kind of your trajectory that you're looking at well, it was ironic. We had just searched for more speaking agents um, <laughs> and brought on three <laughs> and trained them all <laughs> a week before this all like shut oh. down. Now, the the good thing is that it's all like commission based and they yeah. all had different areas that they were going to pursue. Um, but really, up until this point, Punchline had had enough, like for me, like it was, mm-hmm. it was just me. I was like, this is enough. I don't need to try to grow this. And then I found Holly, who works with me. And I was like, okay, if I can train her to do this, then I can focus more on the literary side of stuff. Because as mm-hmm. a literary agent, I was it was only like word of mouth. I wasn't promoting it. And I was only taking a couple projects at a time. And so then when, once Holly came on and it just like allowed me to do more lead generating and build relationships as opposed to like, I'm just like staying above the fray, you know? Yeah. Um, and so we we're like, well, let's do this again. Because she was kind of starting to be like, okay, I've got enough now. And so we're like, okay, we're going to bring on three new agents and uh, train them all. And then it was like, Um, so they've all been great. And they're just kind of like, well, we're, you know, this was something they were just going to do part-time to start anyways. Um, But yeah, I I don't know. I don't know how it's going to look. I I hope and believe that people will speak again. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I think we're having to be creative about, you know, I mean, there could be a second wave and, um, you know, it's definitely at this point, not affecting people have asked, like, does it affect the literary side of things and publishers are taking a hit. I think, I think the hit to literary stuff will probably be more like a year or so down the road when books are being, you know, produced and and costs of Mm -hmm. actually manufacturing books are going up. Um, But at this point, like it didn't bring any of the book deals that I was working on to like a screeching halt. So that's good. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see, but it's, it's quite uncertain. I just hope that we get another good sleeper in this 
Yeah. <laughs> Amen to that. I yeah. I never did have one. So the fact that you've had one is oh, man. remarkable. <laughs> yeah. And it's so interesting what you're saying about like, yeah, when it's going to hit the publishing industry and that sort of thing. I had on Rebecca Smith from Better Life Bags last week, we were talking about, you know, how it's been so interesting to see how many books have come across my desk of people trying to get on the show. And all of these topics have been so so applicable to what we're going through right now. I mean, Melanie Schenkel with On the Bright Side, like you got to look for the good things and all these people like talking about like stay and, you know, hunkering down and like allowing things to be slow and not that my life feels like it's slowed down during this, but um, it's been really interesting to see how many of those things feel really appropriate. And so we were joking saying we need to look like six months out to see what books are being published. So we know like what's going to be happening in the world. (laughs) Exactly. And then we need to be writing the books that are going to come out in like a year and a half, two years, like everything is fabulous. (laughs) Really good around here right now. (laughs) The world is not in shambles. I know we had been saying my husband and I had been saying how like we really wanted we were hoping because he up until this quarantine he would only see Millie for a little bit in the morning Mm. and then she goes to bed at six and so he really only had time with her on the weekends and a little bit in the morning and I was like I really hope and she was in daycare four days a week Mm -hmm. and um, and it was helpful for me, but it was also like, man, before the second baby comes, I hope we can have some really just like sweet times. Not that she'd ever remember it, but like yeah. just some really concentrated time with her. We literally said like some concentrated oh time goodness. with her. And we're like, well, it's all your fault. I know, I know. <laughs> Tenfold. That's hilarious. Well, yeah. I, yeah, I just love seeing your life play out. I'm so grateful that you share it with all of us and it's, yeah, it's just pretty fun and and beautiful to watch in Paris and everything. And man, that view of the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> like what the heck? How did that I, even happen? I know. Well, it is kind of crazy because the reason that Paris is called the City of Lights or one of the reasons is that they they have like an ordinance where buildings can only be built yeah. so tall. Yeah. And and then most of them have that limestone, you know, that bright uh, color so the the lights reflect off of those buildings and then you know how like when you're in New York or a city with all the skyscrapers you feel you feel kind of like blocked in yeah and and then during the day it blocks like the sunlight yeah. um and then so in Paris it's the opposite of that it lets a lot of light in and then at night they you know the Eiffel Tower sparkles they had to have a lot of uplighting on buildings and so it's really beautiful well ironically right on the edge of our neighborhood because when we first lived here we lived in like the classic Hausman building it was just like really fun but then we knew we had a baby coming and we're like do we want her to sleep in the tub or should we <laughs> yeah. find something bigger and in our same neighborhood but right on the outset there was this new area that had, when, when Paris, I guess, had made a bid for the Olympics several years ago, um, they were going to make this into, um, oh, what's it called, where all the athletes stay? Like the like, Olympic Village? Village, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so they've gotten approval for making these like high rises um, because it's on the edge of the city, but it's still within Paris. And we don't know how they got approval, but they did. And then they lost the bid for the Olympics. And so then people just started moving in and we got one of the last um, apartments, but because it's, because all the other buildings are low, we got this amazing view of the Eiffel Tower and the Sacre-Cœur. And it's just kind of like, 
were like, wow. I mean, yeah. and because, you know, I don't know if it has to do with like equal opportunity or what, but there was two apartments in this whole building and one was on the sixth floor with no view. And then there was this one with a balcony with all the views. And it was like 30 euros more a month. And we were like, oh my word, don't tell them, don't tell them, but we'll take this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so oh, yeah, we feel incredible. really fortunate. Yeah. So amazing. Okay. So I forgot to tell you about this part of the podcast, <laughs> but I'm going to ask you a couple of like stock questions. Oh, I know. I've, okay. I've listened to your okay. podcast. Okay. I I'm so impressed. <laughs> Most people don't. So, <laughs> Okay. But first of all, what is some small way that you are currently cultivating loveliness in your life? Oh, well, that is interesting because I, I, I think during one of my low days <laughs> in this quarantine, you know, I've had moments where I've said to my husband, you know, like, what am I doing? You know, like, yeah. what am I doing to serve or what am I doing? Um, I, I have felt like, I don't know totally the answer to that question, but what yeah. he and my mom have both said, and I, I'm going to take it as hopefully I am, it is what I do with Millie. And yeah. it's funny to think of like social media as doing that because it's just, yeah. for me, it's just a creative outlet in a way I can still kind of do improv or whatever. But, yeah. um, I do get messages from people who are like, this is such a bright spot in the middle of like quarantine. Thank you. Um, so I, I don't know if, because it just feels so natural to me, but I hope that that's a way that I'm encouraging people or cultivating lovely. <laughs> I absolutely think you are. Cause part of my loveliness is watching that every day. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I think you're doing a great job. And I totally get that too. Like the days where I can be like witty and and put that stuff on Insta stories and stuff, those feel like, okay, like I, I got, I got today down. Like I, I made it. I found like the humor and the, the something to make today more bearable. So I think that that is great. Oh, thank you. And I would have to say a little bright spot of loveliness for me has been, we had May Day last week, which I've never celebrated, but I have friends who are super into it. And so I get to be the beneficiary of that. And so <laughs> my house is just like crawling in flowers right now, Aww. which is pretty fabulous. And they just all showed up. So people, my doorstep. Just, people just brought you flowers. Yeah. They ding dong ditched us. They like wrapped them up. They made all these bouquets. One of them, they like literally went and foraged branches, like flowering branches off of trees around town and dropped them on my doorstep. And now I just have like all these gorgeous flowers and like flowering branches all over my house. It's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Good friends. <laughs> I know. They're incredible. Okay. So are you ready for my stock questions, Joy? I am. Okay. All right. I'm ready. Candles or essential oil diffuser? Oh, man, I'm going to be that person that's going to be like, well, it just depends. Yeah. <laughs> I currently can't find my diffuser. And I was just telling oh. my husband, I like, I imported all this doTERRA and <laughs> I, I told my husband, I was like, we need the diffuser for the at-home birth. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if I could find it, it would probably be that. But I also am obsessed with candles. Um, yeah. We always have candles on in the evening. Um, so, and I love the French. I do know the French word for candles. If you'd like a little lesson. It's oh, yes. Bougie. <laughs> I love it. I love, I love so it. <laughs> that is a fabulous word for that. Yeah. It's so common in America. Who would have ever known? I know. I know. That's for candles. Okay. Cloth napkins or paper? Uh, cloth. Okay. City or country? 
currently in a city, um, but I go on Redfin and look at properties out in the country. (laughs) I think I'm someone that like, I really love change. Like I really love new adventures. And so I think, you know, the next place that we might live is probably going to be something with a little bit more uh, grass. Yeah. (laughs) Since that's what I'm craving. Yeah. You're like, all right, quarantine gave me my city fill. I think I'm ready. Yeah. Some space. Okay, paper or digital? Um, I think I'm on digital 95% of the time, but I love like if I'm planning things out, a calendar, you know, I yeah. like to do it in paper or journal on paper, or, you know, books and paper. Yeah. I'm not a Kindle person. Look at me. I'm going to like justify. I'm going to tell you why <laughs> this is not going to go as quickly as you wanted it to. So I'm oh, sorry. It's fabulous. <laughs> I love when people elaborate. It makes my job so much easier. <laughs> so it's great. Okay. Shopping as though it were a choice. Would you rather do it online or in the store? actually I can be real succinct in the store I I I do not have good luck with online shopping I want to touch everything and I want to try things on it I don't know does it work for you to do online shopping um not generally as far as like clothing goes and whatnot especially because like I am the worst person at returning things yeah so if I'm like well if I if it comes and it doesn't fit I'll just take it back no I won't it's never yeah. going to happen. So it's much better for me to do it in the store. But then other things, like if it's not something I have to try on or something, then I'll do yeah. it. I'll do it online. But yeah, I would say generally probably in the store, especially because anything I enjoy shopping for is going to be like makeup or something where I want to yeah. see it and touch it. And yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and I will tell you, I worked at Nordstrom. I sold shoes at Nordstrom oh. in college. And that was the whole philosophy is like you upsell, 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 because the chances of people actually returning the products are, you know, really slim. So they obviously have that philosophy, like you can return anything yeah. and because they're, they make it so easy. It really yeah. is such a smart business move on there. I mean, they, I feel like a lot of people do that now with, you know, good customer service in the U.S., but yeah. Nordstrom really was on the, the front end and it worked. Yeah, it's absolutely true. It's absolutely you need true. this fourth pair of shoes, but you can always bring it back. Yeah, they don't work for you. Just bring it back. My mom like has like the personal phone number of her shoe guy at Nordstrom. Oh yeah. Yeah. We had little books that we would follow up and call people. Yeah. Your mom must be a good shopper. Cause, oh, yeah. oh, she is. <laughs> yep. She sure is. Okay. It's whatever time you're making dinner and you need a mental break. Do you listen to a podcast or music? Oh, I think I do both. But yeah, yeah, cooking dinner is kind of fun to, to have a podcast on. Millie and I listen to um, the New York Times, the daily every day. Ah. And she, she'll hear the little theme. They have this little like, and she just like, she loves it. She loves their theme song. <laughs> That's so funny. She's like, I know it's yeah. coming. Yeah. That's fun. Okay. Chocolate, milk or dark? 100%. Well, I would have said 100% dark um, until Easter. Some friends of ours in Paris, we had spent Easter with them last year. And since we couldn't be together, they sent us some chocolate from, I should, I should look it up and tell you. Um but there's, if you come to Paris, I will find out the name of this place. <laughs> but I was eating the chocolate and losing my mind. And it really, I think, was the best chocolate I've ever had. And Matt was like, guess what? And I was like, what? He's like, 
this is milk chocolate. And I like my head exploded. So apparently there are some milk chocolates that I that I like. Interesting. I would be very yeah. curious what that was. All right. Yeah, it's real good. Okay. Sports or no sports? Um well, I'm currently watching uh, The Last Dance on Netflix, which uh-huh. is about the, the Chicago yeah. Bulls. Uh, so, I, yeah, I mean, I, I like basketball. I like watching basketball, but I wouldn't say I'm like, I'm not like an aficionado. Okay. Yeah. All right. Live broadcasting. I think I'm going to know the answer to this question, but would you rather broadcast or watch? Broadcast. All right. <laughs> And what need is your- a co- need a co-host? Yeah, <laughs> right. That would be so much fun. <laughs> what is your favorite movie? I, you know, I I will always say I think just because it's been a long time running answer. I probably if I really thought about it, I probably had have newer, more evolved movies. <laughs> but I would I've always said like Hook and Little Women, the okay. Winona Ryder Little Women. Yeah. So. All right. Those are two great options. Okay. (laughs) If you were to put yourself on the crunchiness spectrum, where zero is totally not crunchy and 10 is like singing Kumbaya by the fire with your legs unshaven and dreadlocks in your hair, where are you on the spectrum? Oh, well, I moved here from Portland, Oregon. Yes. (laughs) Yes, it does. Probably 50 doTERRA oil bottles in my bathroom. You're having a home birth. Having a home birth, yes. Um, I cannot, I legitimately cannot tell you the last time I washed my hair. I did have dreads in college. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I would say, yeah, but then at the same time, like, I don't know, I have like a white couch with like, West Elm and end tables, you know? So I don't know. I don't totally fit into everything, but I would say probably like a, an eight. Yeah. Seven, eight. I, I would say you could rock a solid eight for yeah. sure. I mean, I have multiple pairs of Birkenstocks, but I'm not afraid to wear a heel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I think you're one of the like most legitimately high number people that I've had answer that question. Oh, that means a lot to me. Yeah, that's super fun. I went to school in Missoula. So it's like that same kind of, you know, Portland vibe. So I mean, my husband, I think he contributes to it. He was raised in Vermont. And, um, you know, even with the pregnancy, I mean, he's a very like, you can do what you want. But he also is like, you know, I was reading an article and I don't know about you painting your nails while pregnant. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. We've hit another level here. Yeah. Oh um, my gosh. Yeah. That's hilarious. I <laughs> he love feeds it. my, he feeds my granola. <laughs> yeah. That's perfect. What a great match the two of you are. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Joy. It was so much fun getting to chat with you and have all my personal questions answered <laughs> about your Instagram feed. <laughs> Well, likewise, it was really fun getting to know you, and I probably will hit you up about some uh, home birth tips. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm all yours for all the answers. All right. Well, have a wonderful maternity leave. Thank you so much. Yep. Okay. Is it 
Isn't she a hoot? I love when I have someone on the show where I hardly even have to look at my notes because we've just got such a fun conversation going on. That conversation went so many places that I didn't ever expect for it to, but I hope that you had as much fun listening to it as I had having the conversation because I think those are the best ones when we just kind of get rolling and I never really know what to expect. So I'm so grateful that Joy was able to squeeze me in before she went on maternity leave to be able to have a really fun conversation and even just hear about how things are happening in other parts of the world. I know it's been so interesting to watch it happen on her Insta stories, but to also be able to have a conversation with her about it and hear about it firsthand was super interesting to me. And it just shows me how much we are all in this together. No, I'm not going to break into a high school musical song, even though I would like to, but it's true. We're all having some very similar experiences across the board, even if they, they look a little bit different based on where we live, but we're all having to deal with this, this big thing. And as I actually also recently talked about on Instagram, I think a lot of us are dealing with pandemic or quarantine and it's not just quarantine for anyone. We've all kind of got these extra things lying over the top of it that we're having to deal with. And well, one of those things for joy is having another baby, which I know is something that a lot of people are processing and going through. So hopefully you found this conversation to be super interesting and encouraging and insightful. If you would like to see any of the show notes for this episode, you can head over to boldturquoise.com slash 167. To find them there, you can also scroll up in whatever podcasting app you're using and be able to find the notes there. And while you're there, you know what I'm going to say. If you could head into iTunes and leave us a rating and review, it makes a big difference to the show, especially during this crazy time where things are very uncertain. As I mentioned last week, we're not sure about hiatuses, but it looks like we are going to be having a few weeks off here and there where we did not have sponsors for the show. So if you happen to know somebody who wants to sponsor the show, send them our info, push them our way. We would love to be able to connect with them. But until then, we're just going to do what we can and put out shows when we are able to. Thank you so much to all of you for your unending support. For those of you who are in Patreon and staying loyal patrons, you don't know what that means to me for not only being able to continue with the podcast, but also being able to continue with eating and um, lights and electricity and all of those kinds of things. So thank you so much to you loyal supporters. It really, I, we couldn't do this without you. So find me on Instagram at Mackenzie Coppa. I would love to connect with you there. And until we're able to do this again, stay at home and be bold and gracious. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game-changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.